I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Tuesday, November 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, did you get any good candy last night? I handed out a lot, Joe. We, uh, <laughs> to the ghosts and goblins that came to our door, we went through a, we went through a couple bags. My, my, Jackie was yelling at me for giving, giving too much out, but I, I, how can you not give the, give a, give so much, too much candy out to all those kids? <laughs> did, did any of them come to the door, uh, dressed as, as baseball players or slider or, uh, uh, guardians, hot dogs, or any of the, any of your, uh, your favorite baseball characters? I think uh, a couple came as, uh, you know, part of, uh, Sandlot guys, you know, the oh, kids from go. Sandlot. And uh, one came, one came as a Brown, one of, of a, as the Browns quarterback, or one of the he had a Browns helmet on. <laughs> yeah, pretty good costumes. Uh, I did see uh, a, a couple of I, I saw on Major League Baseball Network they showed, uh, you know, fans who were dressed up as Nolan Ryan through the years, like all the different teams that he was on, and the uh, and the Nolan Ryan who. Uh, played for Texas when he, the year he got in the fight with Robin Ventura, he had a uh, blood all over his uniform and like a, a, a bloody nose from, from when the two got in a fight. So <laughs> that's I the best. That was, that was a pretty good costume uh, there. Uh, baseball costumes are, are are pretty good. Always, always good to see, uh, you know, who knows what slider actually is. So it's hard to dress like him, but there are, there were plenty of, of uh, fans dressed. Uh, I, I saw on social media, Dressed as uh, as the hot dogs, ketchup, mustard, and onion, uh, so a lot of fun uh, to be had there on on Halloween with trick or treating. Uh, the the biggest trick, I guess, was Mother Nature. Uh, she pulled on uh, Game Three of the World Series as that was postponed due to rain in Philadelphia. But it looks like they're going to get the game in uh, tonight. The, the the big change, I guess, is uh, is going to be uh, in the the Phillies uh, pitching rotation. Uh, they were going to go with Noah Syndergaard uh, last night if they had played Game Three, but now they're going to go with Ranger Suarez, who's already pitched in the in the series as a as a reliever. Uh, he's going to start Game Three tonight for the Phillies. the The Astros are going to stick with Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, we, uh, Cleveland fans went through this uh, in the ALDS, um, and it really kind of swung the series. Uh, with uh, Nestor uh, Cortez being able to come back on short rest for Game Five, and uh, we'll have to see who who has the advantage, if anybody, uh, on this rainout, Joe. Yeah, I, I think it would it kind of gives a, a bit of an advantage to Philly uh, because they're going to be able to throw uh, Aaron Nola in in Game what uh, four. Game four, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and then come back and, and you know just give their relievers and everybody. Uh, a chance to get rested, especially if Nola is able to go a little deeper uh, in the game. So, so yeah, I, 
you know, this is the time of year where all these pitching staffs are on fumes right now. So you get what you can out of everybody and 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 try to to push them through to the end. Uh, these, uh, you know, the the off day certainly uh, can benefit both sides. But you know, Houston's already lined up, man. They were they were full go and ready uh, and and rested. So I, I think they're not going to deviate from their plan. Uh, Dusty really knows what he's doing handling that staff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they're going to go with McCullers and Kristen Javier in, in games three and four. That was, you know, the, the schedule starters go before the rain out. And I thought it was interesting, Joe, that, that uh, you know, Zach Wheeler won't pitch at least right now until game six, if there's a game six. And, uh, you know, the, the, going into the World Series, you know, uh, Rob Thompson, uh, the Phillies manager, said, the, the way the schedule was set up, they were going to be able to, uh, you know, pitch uh, uh, Wheeler and and Ar- Arenado, uh, you know, Arenado. twice. And I guess, yeah, and I guess uh, they they uh, they both can they both still pitch twice. But I would think you'd want to bring Wheeler back with the, if the series is on the line in Game Five. But they really want to give him an extra rest. They think he's kind of you know he's uh, he's fatigued. Right. Yeah. And, and you know that was sort of the the situation the Guardians faced. With, uh, with with Shane Bieber there in a, in a potential game five was uh, they wanted to keep him on his rest and, and make sure they weren't overdoing it with him. Uh, uh, that That's why they started Aaron Savali in, in game five. And uh, it's it's sort of the same situation the, that, that the, uh, the Phillies are facing here. Uh, yeah, just interesting to see how this all shakes out with the, with the World Series. Again, you mentioned uh, Cleveland fans are are definitely in tune with, uh, you know, how how uh, a, a, a rain delay and, and weather postponements can can swing a series. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on on the developments there uh, from Philadelphia over the next couple of days, and uh, and the reports coming out of there. Uh, last night, uh, the uh, Roberto Clemente Award was announced. Uh, the finalists, uh, each team had a finalist. Uh, Tristan McKenzie was Cleveland's nominee uh, for the award this year. Uh, but the award ultimately goes to Justin Turner uh, from the Dodgers. Uh, Turner does a lot of good work in the community out there, longtime Dodger, and, and, and has had a lot of success uh, with the club out there. Uh, just, uh, you know, probably the most prestigious award uh, that, that you can, you know, win if you're a player that, that has nothing to do with what you do on the field and everything to do with who you are off the field. Yeah, for sure, Joe. It's uh, you know, players really. I mean, that's a that ca- that's an award that carries so much weight, and uh, they award it. You know, re- usually after what game three or game four of the World Series, or before game three or, or game four of the World Series, and uh, you know, players uh, take a lot of pride in that. Uh, a lot of players say, you know, that's the best award they've ever received. So I remember Jim Tomey receiving it. Uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, receiving it, you know, from uh, as Cleveland players, and uh, they were very proud of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that, you know, it's it speaks more. Uh, it speaks not as much about what you do on the field and and really what you mean to your community and and what you give back. And and I think a lot of uh, players once they reach a certain point in their career, uh, that's that's actually even more important than you know what they're doing on the field is is what they're doing. Uh, you know, beyond the game. And uh, so t- to see Justin Turner win that award, uh, it, you know, you know, good for him. And it, it you know, also good for Tristan McKenzie and the work that he's done 
uh, just in the, in the short time he's been up in the big leagues. Uh, you know, congratulations again to him for being uh, Cleveland's nominee uh, for that. Uh, other awards to be handed out uh, tonight. The um, Guardians have five finalists at their positions for Gold Glove Awards. Uh, they've already had some success uh, with defensive awards in this postseason uh, as Stephen Kwan and Miles uh, Straw. I keep wanting to say, after that Browns game last night, I keep wanting to say Miles Garrett. I'm going to slip up and do it at least once. <laughs> uh, uh, Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan uh, win Fielding Bible Awards last week, and those are uh, irrespective of uh, leagues. So, you know, they, they were just giving out nine of those or nine or ten of those awards, one for each position instead of American League, National League. Uh, this time they actually have better chances to win the gold gloves because they've already won the uh, the Fielding Bible Award, uh, and, and that pretty much is a, a good indicator that they're going to have success with the gold gloves. Uh, let's look at uh, Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, uh, Jose Ramirez, and Shane Bieber, the other three nominees uh, at their positions. Uh, I think pretty good chance that uh, that Jimenez and maybe even Bieber uh, walk away with their first career gold gloves. Yeah, that's a you know that's an impressive uh, array of players. I mean, five guys from one team are finalists. You know, that's uh, that doesn't happen by accident. And it kind of reminds me of there was a year when uh, you know Omar Vizquel, Robbie Alomar, uh, and I think Travis Fryman, and there mm-hmm. might have been one other one other guy that won a Gold Glove with uh, on the Indians infield. It, it was really you know that kind this this class kind of reminds me of that, Joe. Yeah, and and just. Uh... The work that uh, Andres Jimenez has done, you know, he, he's a shortstop. He came over as a shortstop, and and he started both the, both the last two seasons. He started at shortstop on opening day, uh, but then this year uh, he sort of quickly sort of moved over and, and took to uh, playing second base and and realized, hey man, it, you know, he he plays really good defense and and you know makes plays that are you know, really sort of in tune with that position, short right field being out there and, and, and playing up the middle. And we saw the, the highlights from the all-star game behind the back flip uh, uh, there. I, I think, um, you know, he, he really is now and, and thinks of himself maybe as a second baseman. Yeah. I mean, just uh, he, he, anything he does defensively just kind of helps himself, Joe. I mean, he is really, kind of, you know, really increased his value as a player. I think uh, Cleveland knows he can play shortstop. Now he's turned himself into, you know, what what possibly is a gold glove uh, second baseman. And uh, as a player, as you as you kind of, you know, you know, establish your, your talent and what you can and can't do, you know, right now he's off the charts offensively and defensively. Brendan Rodgers in Colorado uh, won the Fielding Bible Award. Uh, as uh, from the National League, their um, side of things. So, uh, you know, probably a good chance Rogers wins the Gold Glove uh, in the NL. Uh, leaves the possibility that uh, you know Jimenez can beat out uh, Altuve and um, Marcus Simeon, who was last year's winner at the position. Uh, as far as the pitchers go, Shane Bieber uh, looking for his first Gold Glove. Uh, you know. Defense really isn't the first thing that pops out, uh, pops into your mind when you think of Shane Bieber, but uh, he had a pretty good year, uh, you know, on the mound, not just striking guys out, but but fielding his position 
and and doing the little things like holding runners on base. Yeah, Joe, we were talking about it before the podcast. What he's made two errors in his big league career, uh, you know, has held, you know, run, uh, has held, uh, you know, stolen, you know, runners have, uh, well, he's held what, what, thirty percent, you know, caught stealing rate, about thirty-one percent caught stealing rate when he's on the mound. Uh, and in, you know, you really, and like you said, it's kind of, it goes under the radar, just, you know, what a good job he does defensively. And, uh, just, I think he works fast. He controls the running game and he throws a lot of strikes. Um, you know, so, and he, you know, he feels his position. Well, I, there was always this joke that kind of went around, you know, Mike Hargrove, every manager has favorite sayings that they like to say. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Grover would always say. Bertie Tebbets, who was a scout for for the Indians and a former manager, said, "Bertie Bertie Tebbets always told me, show me a, a pitcher who can't field his position, and I'll show you a 500 pitcher.' So uh, you know, we and he would say that time and time again. We all kind of chuckle at it, but uh, it it could it's probably close to being right, I would think. Well, yeah, and 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 to me, Bieber has you know the mechanics. He's very smooth. He 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 can make the plays that he needs to make." I just I don't even think he's the best defensive fielding pitcher on his own, you know, starting rotation and his own staff. I think uh, Zach Plesac, very much uh, a, an athletic pitcher. We saw him make a, a fadeaway, you know, like diving into the into the Guardians dugout throw this year on a, a little tapper back to the mound uh, and sort of walk off. Uh, you know, it, it, that play really sticks out in my mind as a as a great defensive play. Uh, I think Plesak is a guy who, if, if given more of a look and maybe more chances, is is a guy who eventually can win a a, a Gold Glove at, at as a pitcher. But uh, you know that that award had been locked up by what Dallas Keuchel for you know the last decade. I think he's won uh, a whole bunch of American League uh, uh, Gold Glove awards, but he's no longer in the picture. So uh, it, it's going to be a first year winner. Uh, Jose Barrios always sort of uh, at the the top of the list there in terms of pitchers defensively, um, and uh, uh, Jameson Tyon, the uh, the pitcher from uh, the Yankees, uh, he's uh, you, you remember that guy, right, Hoynes? Uh, <laughs> Don't you uh, want me to say his pronounce his name yeah, and butcher it again? Gonna and, <laughs> I'm going to try and make sure that you avoid trying to pronounce Jameson Tyon's name, uh, but he's the other candidate uh, for that position. Uh, the other Guardians player uh, to be considered for these Gold Glove awards, uh, Jose Ramirez. He's a four-time nominee uh, at third base, but uh, you know he keeps running up against Matt Chapman, uh, and I, I, you know, I believe this year Alex Bregman also uh, in there uh, as a finalist. But uh, you know, Chapman is a guy who, as long as he's healthy and he's playing uh, that position, he's sort of like Nolan Arenado. It's it's it, it's an award that's his to lose. Yeah, I think he was uh, all like a, a platinum gold glove winner too, Chapman was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So yeah, that's some tough competition for Jose. The thing I like about Jose is he never looks rushed, Joe. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. know, his throws are, you know, always kind of right to hit the hit the hit the guy right in the chest, the first baseman in the chest. He's always under control. Uh he 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 makes it look he makes it look easier. Very, very easy, and we know that's not the case all the time. Yeah, and really, the the clutch plays and the big plays are the ones that that really stand out for for Jose this year. 
you know, he saved a game in Chicago uh, with a, you know, a, a beautiful backhanded stop and, and throw in a, in a game uh, in May. I believe that was the Josh Naylor game, the, the extra innings, uh, you know, uh, thriller there that he won earlier in the year. Uh, you know, they're, that they're not in that game if, if Jose doesn't make a, a play on a ball in that game. And then in the in the playoffs, in the, the wild card uh, clinching game, he made an outstanding play uh, that, that saved a run uh, in, in the extra innings game. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not just that he makes all the plays look easy. It's that he makes them when they really count. And um, that is something to be considered. I, I just... You know the writings on the wall with this award. I, I think it's it's either going to be Chapman or, uh, or or Bregman and and Jose. You know, just an honor to be nominated. Yeah, that play against the Rays is that might be the play of the year, Joe. That was such a great play on both ends. You know, Naylor with the great stretch and Jose with the great stop and throw from a foul territory at at third base. Just 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 a pressure packed play, like you were saying. Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe Tito said uh, that that play it wasn't only the play of the game; it was probably the play of the season. Uh, he 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 noted that. Uh, all right, uh, you know we 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 talked about uh, the infield. We've been uh, reviewing and and giving the outlook on uh, the different positions. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, On this club, uh, as we head into 2023's offseason... Uh, so let's let's stay on the infield. Uh, let, you know, we talked about catchers already. We've talked about the pitchers. Um, really, I, let's talk about shortstop. Uh, that's where Ahmed Rosario has uh, sort of found a home over the last uh, two seasons. It, it, it's not enough that, um, you know, Ahmed Rosario finds his spot in the order and, you know, has been effective in that number two hole hitting in front of Jose Ramirez. Uh, it, it's, it's the combination of, I think if you're a med Rosario, you, you can only feel productive if you're playing shortstop every day and batting second, uh, that that's where he feels most comfortable. And I don't see a reason why, why the guardians should move him out of either spot. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's found a home here, Joe. I mean, you know, okay. He's not the flashiest shortstop. We all know he has some, uh, shortcomings when it comes to range, but, I mean, day in and day out, this guy made almost every play a shortstop has to make. You know, he and uh, just a, a very, very steady, very consistent, very reliable defensive player. And what you get on on the you know the the flip side offensively is you know is just you know really sets that offense off. You know, hitting behind Quan and in front of uh, Ramirez. You know that's a that's a perfect spot for this guy. He's got speed. He can run. He can steal bases. Uh, he's got a strong arm. Um, you know, I know, I know. You know, this this farm system is loaded with shortstops, but yeah, you're right, Joe. I mean, this guy has done nothing to lose that job. In fact, he's 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 kind of cemented himself there. Unless you know, Cleveland really wants to make a move in a, in another direction. 
Yeah, I mean, you've got prospects and you've got, you know, pressure from from uh, the minor leagues, but but that's a good thing to have and that's a good problem to have. As long as you've got a guy who's producing the way that Rosario has the last two years, I, I don't see a reason why to move why you would want to move away from it. Uh, now, the, the big question is, do they offer him some sort of extension or uh, a contract beyond uh, this um, you know, the final year of his arbitration eligibility, which is, you know, coming up, uh, I, I, I gotta believe that, you know, their approach that they're, they're going to want to take here is, you know, we, we know we've got him cost certainty and all that for, for this year, they're going to offer him a, a contract and, and maybe the one year deal. Uh, I don't know if they're going to, you know, be able to get a, a long-term deal done. If, if they do, it's going to be uh, a team friendly one. And it will be one that, you know, that's, that benefits Cleveland as, as opposed to benefits, you know, Rosario. Yeah, we'll see, uh, you know, uh, the non-tender date is coming up February. I mean, uh, November, November 18th, I believe, you know, all arbitration eligible players and, you know, all unsigned players have to be offered at least, you know, a contract for next season. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I do not expect, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rosario to be non-tendered. I think they'll offer him a contract, but where we go from there, you know, remains to be seen because I think he's eligible, Joe, you know, the speculation is he couldn't make up between nine and 10 million mm-hmm. this for this year. And which is like you said, his last year before he, he's eligible for free agency. Right. And uh, I, I, it would be there, there, it would take something pretty major for him to not be, uh, in the Guardians lineup, probably as the opening day shortstop, uh, you know, come, uh, you know, March of, of 2023. So uh, I think there would have to be some some big decisions and some big moves made if that were if that were going to be the case, if he were not going to be there. Um, let's uh, let's talk real briefly about first base, one of the areas where, you know, on that infield where they can can probably make an upgrade and make some changes or make some additions. Uh, to improve the club, uh, not saying that Josh Naylor isn't a, a guy who, you know, was was productive there, but uh, certainly it, it, you could you could probably add a little more and, and add a little more uh, versatility there if you brought in somebody maybe who swung the bat from the right hand side as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, you know, Naylor. You know, I don't know. It, this is a big off season for Naylor. I think. You know, how does he come to camp? It, what what condition is he in? You know, how is his ankle hold up? You know, is he you know is he trending toward being a DH or can he go back and and play first base? What three four five times a week? Uh, you know that that's a this so spring training is going to be you know big. Well, this off season is going to be big for him. But yeah, Joe, I think first base is definitely a spot if you're looking to add some power. You know this this could be uh, this could be uh, you know this is one of your spots. You know, first base or DH, and uh, you know we we all know you know they outside of Naylor they did not get much production out of anyone else that played first base there. I was wondering, Joe, what do you think of Arias? Gabriel Arias as a first baseman. Well, that's where I was. Uh, that's where I was going next. My my question was going to be. Uh, where does where does Gabriel Arias sort of fit into the future plans here? Because uh, I think uh, they realize that he's probably uh, completed his development at the AAA level, and and now that that last step of development that happens in the majors uh, is what he's going to be looking to do. 
Uh, I think having him on the roster is going to help, uh, especially to keep uh, Jose Ramirez fresh next year. If they can, if they can move a DH around a little bit, uh, you know, DH Jose Ramirez once in a while and have Arias play third base if he can be productive there, uh, especially against maybe when you're facing a left-handed pitcher. Uh, but can he play first base uh, enough? I, I think they trusted a rookie enough to play it in uh, in, in the postseason uh, as as maybe probably one of their only options there. Uh, I, I think uh, Arias makes the club. I think he he maybe mixes in, and if they don't go out and and get a big bat or get a a, a big uh, you know free agent to to come and play first, I think maybe he's in the mix there and and plays there quite often. Uh, maybe taking over the the role in uh, some of the games uh, that that an Owen Miller might have had uh, had he had a more productive season. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail right on the head there. I thought Arias looked, you know, we didn't see him a whole lot at first base, but obviously if you play a guy in the postseason, you must think he can handle the the, the job. And he looked he looked very comfortable there. You, you know, you've got a shortstop basically playing first base, so he should be able to handle that spot. Uh, and, you know, I liked the way he moved around the bag. He looked, he didn't look uncomfortable there. He made a couple nice plays. Uh, and he, he certainly has more than enough arm to play there. So, uh, you know, I guess you just got to see offensively, you know, what, what you could get from him. But, you know, what we saw, you know, not this past season where he was kind of hurt, he had the broken hand. But two years ago, he, he, he hit re- really well at AAA. So, uh, you know, I think that bodes well. We'll, we'll see. And, you know, I, I was wondering, Joe, what do you think, you know, of a guy like Jose Abreu? Is that a, is that, he's going to be a free agent? It doesn't sound like he's going back to the White Sox. Is that a guy that would interest you or is he maybe a little too, you know, kind of long in the tooth? So well, I mean, if you're, if you're signing him to be a DH, then yeah, certainly. Uh, if you're, uh, I, I can't see it being, he's going to want uh, a two to three year deal, right? I mean, he's yeah, not gonna yeah want he's 30. A, He's 34, 36, something like that. So, I mean, is he Cuban or Dominican? I can't remember. He's from Cuba. He's Cuba. So, you know, we we don't know where the birth certificate is. uh, He could be 34 to 36 is a good range for for some of them. Who who knows? Uh, I I don't know. Abreu could be interesting, uh, but probably not cost effective for, for yeah. this club. Uh, I, I think the, the money would be the issue. Uh, maybe he, he would love to probably stick it to the, the White Sox, you know, 19 times a year if he gets the opportunity to, but uh, no, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. On paper and, and, you know, he, he would, he would fit what they need, but probably not what they want right now in terms of, uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, Fitting in yeah. with with what they, I don't think he'd be a good fit. Yeah, I'd love him right on now. a one year deal, but I don't think you're going to get him on a one year deal. No, that's probably not not going to happen. Uh, Tyler Freeman was up uh, at times this year. I, I think maybe is there room for for Tyler Freeman and Gabriel Arias on the roster uh, all season long, and and would that hurt Tyler Freeman's development if he's not playing every day? sort of in that role that Ernie Clement uh, occupied for for most of the season last year. You know, I like what Freeman showed. I mean, you know, I guess it depends what they do with Owen Miller. We saw Owen Miller certainly got a a lot, you know, 424 at-bats, you know, so he got a chance. Now, I don't know where they go with Owen, but if, if, 
if, uh, you know, he's not on the ball club, if he's not on the big league roster, uh, you know, I think uh, Freeman, you know, Freeman should, uh, you know, would get a look. I think they, you know, basically, didn't they say that he kind of, when they did bring him up, they said he's kind of played, he played enough in, in AAA, you know, where he could come up here and ride the bench and, and, and where he, it wouldn't hurt him not playing every day. And I thought he filled that role pretty well. Yeah, I, I thought he took to it, you know, pretty decently as well. So it uh, could be interesting to watch what Freeman does. As for Owen Miller, I think uh, I think he can be a starter uh, for sure uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's where uh, <laughs> I, I, I that's where I see Owen Miller, uh, you know, next season. But who knows? Uh, I I don't know if he if he does come to camp with Cleveland. I don't know that he makes the uh, the club out of spring training. Yeah, I mean, he, you know. I can't, you know, I felt kind of bad for him. He was kind of miscast as a first baseman. You know, some guys, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I think he came up mostly as what second short and third. Uh, and he just had some problems at first base. I don't know what it was. And, uh, you know, he started out really well at, with, at the plate, then kind of just kind of tapered off and was just, you know, Joe, <laughs> we've talked about this before. This guy hit 243, 243. Mm-hmm. Though, like that's, you know, MLB, I think that's probably the median, the medium uh, average, I think. You know, if you look at, the, you know, what, what every, you know, what M- every MLB, uh, you know, team hit this year. And I still don't know how he did that. You know, yeah. I just because he had long stretches where it, it just seemed like he wasn't his at bats weren't that productive. But, you know, obviously he got some hits. Yeah, he he. He, he was just productive enough to to sort of justify a spot on the roster for as long as he had it. But, you know, next year they're, they're going to want to improve in some areas, and, and that might be one where they'll take a look. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll keep an eye on Game 3 uh, tonight, and as well as uh, the announcement of the, the winners for the Gold Glove Awards. We'll uh, keep track of those as well and report back tomorrow here uh, on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.